the next stop, Sprawlcast. You're listening to Sprawlcast. My name is Jeremy Klossus, and I'm the founder and editor of The Sprawl. And Sprawlcast is a show for curious Calgarians who want more than the daily news grind. This show is made in collaboration with CJSW 90.9 FM in Calgary, and we are broadcasting slash podcasting on Treaty 7 land. This is the home of the Blackfoot Confederacy, the Sutina Nation, Stony Nakoda Nation, and Métis Nation of Alberta Region 3. In this environment, the, the costs and the risks of the Green Line, I think, are really heightened. Uh, and, and, and need to cause us to be extra cautious and conservative. It might be the very best time to make these kind of decisions because you're clear and cold-eyed about the things that you're looking at. You just heard two different voices from this summer speaking about two very different projects. The first speaker was Steve Allen, who is chair of Calgary Economic Development at the time. And the second speaker was Ken King of the Calgary Sports and Entertainment Corporation, which owns the Calgary Flames. And he was speaking about the arena deal. And the sprawl is continuing our look at how Calgary's city council prioritized an NHL arena over the biggest transit project in the city's history. We're going to zoom in on how these projects have been treated very differently by city council. And how city council applies a different standard to its decisions when powerful interests are involved. To understand this, we need to go back. Here's Alberta Justice Minister Doug Schweitzer speaking last month after Mayor Nahed Nenshi criticized the provincial budget and what it means for cities and projects like the Green Line. I'm not going to be lectured by Mayor Nenshi on the funding priorities of this government. He needs to get his own fiscal house in order and stop funding pet projects. Okay, hold on. Who exactly was pushing these pet projects. Well, one of the people pushing hard for the arena was Steve Allen. You've probably heard Allen's name in the news lately. Steve Allen is the commissioner for the Kenny government's $2.5 million inquiry into groups that criticize the oil and gas industry. The idea being that if you engage in these activities, you are anti-Alberta, which, of course, is not true. We still have freedom of speech in this province, I think. And last I checked, that was something that conservatives say is important to them. So I'm not sure how that goes together. But anyways, back to Steve Allen. For his work leading this investigation, Allen is being paid $290,000. Justice Minister Doug Schweitzer was effusive in his praise for Allen when he was announced as commissioner. Schweitzer and Allen, they go back. Who helped campaign for Schweitzer last year? Steve Allen. Who gave $1,000 to Schweitzer's 2017 UCP leadership campaign? Steve Allen. And who's now getting nearly $300,000 from Schweitzer's and Kenny's government? Steve Allen. You see how this works. And thanks to the CBC, we know that Allen gave a $900,000 sole source contract to Schweitzer's old law firm, Denton's, where Steve Allen's son is still a partner. That's all a lot, but we're going to go before all of that, because right before he was given this plum job by the UCP government, Allen joined a group of three other businessmen in going before a city council committee and calling for a halt to the Green Line. It seemed orchestrated to cast doubt 
in the public. This is Councillor Drew Farrell looking back at that meeting. That's that's certainly how it appeared, is a group of, of well-known conservatives speaking against a project and then the project being unfunded in the provincial budget. Keep in mind what the provincial budget did to the Green Line, which was cut the amount of funding that the city was expecting from the province by 80% over the next four years. The province says they're still going to pay up, but not until five years later. So instead of the money coming through by 2023, it'll be 2028. Let's go back and listen in to that June 26th transit committee meeting. As I mentioned, Allen was one of four prominent businessmen who went before councillors, and the group was led by retired oilman Jim Gray. Here's Steve Allen speaking at that committee meeting. As you all know, I'm uh, Steve Allen, chair of Calgary Economic Development, um, and we had our annual general meeting. I think you were all there on, uh, on Monday, and we talked about um, advocacy and working with uh, people from the, from the community, with citizens. And I think we are in a very unique position to do that and, and bring the concerns of the community um, and business leaders to council in a constructive and collaborative manner. And I, this, this has really been Jim Gray's initiative from the beginning, but he brought me uh, into it, I think, about a year ago. Uh, and, and in that um, year, I have heard consistent messages of concern uh, from people like Jim and, and Barry and many, many others in the community uh, through which we have been engaged, uh, many of whom have, are knowledgeable and have had experience with mega projects, uh, uh, particularly in the energy industry. Allen was joined at the podium by Brian Fileski, who's an elite Calgary lawyer and businessman, and he's also a big-time conservative donor. He's given almost $100,000 to conservative parties, provincially and federally, since the 1990s, and in 2017 gave over $9,000 to Jason Kenney's leadership campaigns. Fileski also donated to Schweitzer's 2017 UCP leadership campaign. We're saying to you there would be great comfort and great solace to the community and based on experience, great comfort and great solace in the psychological difference between going on and considering risks and stopping to have a full wholesale re-examination of those risks. I tried to get an interview with Steve Allen for this episode. I put in a media request with the Alberta government, but the press secretary for the energy minister said that this request would be better directed to Calgary Economic Development's board. So I did reach out to Calgary Economic Development, and they said that they would pass along my inquiry to Allen, but I did not hear back. We're going to jump ahead now almost a month to July 22nd. Now, at this point, Allen has been appointed as commissioner of that inquiry. And meanwhile, organizations everywhere are bracing for what's expected to be a tough budget from the UCP government. Arts groups, school boards, everyone is bracing for the hit. And it was pretty obvious that the Green Line was in trouble. Jason Kenney had been talking about how the project had been mishandled by the NDP, how it had been cut in half by the NDP, which isn't true. And after that presentation with Steve Allen in June, people were saying, just watch, Kenney's going to pull the funding. And so what does city council do? Let's get to the chase. This is a good deal for Calgary. Mayor Nahed Nenshi announced the arena deal at the same time 
City Council was about to cut $60 million from the city's operating budget. And they were doing this mid-year as a way of protecting small business owners from some pretty extreme property tax increases. They took the $60 million out of transit, recreation, affordable housing, the city's Indigenous Relations Office, and elsewhere. So it was a time of downsizing. It was a time of caution and conservatism, to use Steve Allen's words. But that caution was applied most selectively. Here's Ken King speaking on behalf of the Calgary Flames on the night the arena deal was announced. I think most people would agree that investing in the future and uh, exercising fiscal prudence when running your city are not mutually exclusive goals. You can do both and you should do both. It might be the very best time to make these kinds of decisions because you're clear and cold-eyed about the things that you're looking at. Before we get into the council debate on the arena, we're going to go back to January when City Council's arena committee met on the 25th. Steve Allen was on the arena committee, and on that day in January, all the committee members were presented with an Ernst & Young economic impact assessment about the Rivers District. And that study said there would be a positive economic benefit to the city of doing three projects down there, the arena, expanding the BMO Centre, and expanding Arts Commons. Uh, It looked at the three projects collectively, not the individual projects as separate uh, individual uh, projects and the impacts of them. Certain city councillors were very careful to ensure that the arena proper was never analysed too much. It was always embedded within the Rivers District plan. Councillor Ward Sutherland. As council, we really got to get off that single building. This is about everything together, how it's going to generate the turn. There's the ROI. The ROI is if the CRL works. Councillor Sutherland is referring to the CRL. That's the Community Revitalization Levy. And that's where a portion of property taxes are reinvested in the area. The CRL works. All Calgarians benefit because that tax generation will be there and they'll have an they'll have an entertainment and cultural district to go to and to share. And all the uh, ethnic festivals, everybody will be able to participate. So it's not about a hockey team and who's rich or not. It's not about any of that because all Calgarians can participate in some way. In the run-up to the arena deal, certain people were dangling the threat that the Flames would leave Calgary if they didn't get a new arena. Certain city councillors have made this threat, and Steve Allen dangled it too at that January meeting. Allen indicated that the arena aligns with what Calgary Economic Development is trying to do. But I would also add that um, I I think from a social uh, and qualitative result, and you may not be able to talk about that, but I think if we were to have no hockey team, uh, that has a, a... that would have a significant impact on the a negative impact on the qualitative um, results. This idea of the flames leaving Calgary was an empty threat. You can't just up and move a team. You need a bunch of layers of approval from the NHL's board of governors, and they look at how profitable the team is. As NHL markets go, Calgary is strong, and so it's largely an empty threat. But that didn't mean that it wasn't used. In in um, looking at the um, possibility of uh, proceeding with without a hockey team in the in that area, 
uh, I was involved professionally for uh, looking at a study for the Saddle Dome Foundation in the early 1990s when the Flames weren't doing too well, what the implications would be of uh, their leaving, but it was really only on the costs of uh, operating um, a facility like the Saddle Dome without a hockey team, without a professional hockey team. So we did look at uh, Winnipeg back in those days because the Jets had gone. Very significant cost uh, to keeping the lights on in a building and particularly today when that building doesn't have uh, all of the elements that it needs for, for the concerts and so on. Um, so um, what happens to a building without a, without a hockey team? Then Councillor Joe Maglioka jumped in. That report that you did many years ago, do you think we can get a little hand on that for Monday? About how long does it take to, you know, how much is it going to cost to keep the lights on if we don't have a team kind of thing? Well, it was, it was about 1990, early 1990s, uh, and I was at Ernst & Young at the time, so I don't know if it would still be in your <laughs> files or not. Eventually, city manager Jeff Fielding, who has since left the city, basically told them to knock it off. I think it's really important in the conversation that we're having today and the conversation that council will have in the coming weeks is that you not use a threat of the team leaving as part of your discussion. I think that that's a, that would be totally inappropriate because it's speculation and it puts everybody in a, in a defensive position. Councillor Ward Sutherland is still throwing this around. Here he is in late October at a special meeting of city council in response to the provincial budget. I have really issues when we talk about the projects that we approved as a waste of money our luxury projects or whatever. Sutherland reiterates that he thinks the city is going to get a return on its investment. What we didn't talk about is, what is Calgary without a professional team? How much is that worth? So let's just cut everything. Let's have no professional sports at all in our city because, hey, we save some money. Let's cut everything and don't do nothing. That is not a strategic business decision. There's spending with investment in return, and then there's bad spending. Now remember, City Council made a decision in March against the advice of the city's chief financial officer. They decided to approve all of four capital projects, the arena, the BMO Center, Arts Commons Expansion, and the Fieldhouse, even though CFO Carla Mayle recommended that they do just one. Also in March, City Hall picked its negotiator for the arena deal. Barry Monroe. Councillor Sutherland and Councillor Davison reached out to Barry Monroe, senior partner with Ernst & Young, who has been uh, an absolute stellar leader of our negotiations. This is City Solicitor Glenda Cole, who was acting city manager during the summer. By way of background, Barry's been at Ernst Young for 35 years and a partner with Ernst Young since 1995. He's worked in all of Ernst Young's service lines and held multiple leadership roles including a mass managing partner in Calgary for eight years and as Ernst Young's Canadian oil and gas leader. Now remember, the city had commissioned Ernst & Young to do the economic impact assessment on the Rivers District, and last year the city also hired Ernst & Young to do a cost-benefit analysis of the Olympics. Now, there's a lot of overlap between Steve Allen and Barry Monroe. They worked at Ernst & Young at the same time. And Barry Monroe chairs the Opportunity Calgary Investment Fund, which is a $100 million city fund set up to try and lure investment to Calgary, to keep head offices here and to draw new investment. And it's administered through Calgary Economic Development, where Steve Allen was chair. 
Now, Barry Monroe was no stranger to the Flames. In 2008, he honored one of the Flames' billionaire owners, Clay Riddell, with a Lifetime Achievement Award on behalf of Ernst & Young. At the time, Monroe praised Riddell as, quote, a true prairie's powerhouse who transforms ideas into valuable and viable businesses, end quote. Just as a footnote, Riddell died in 2018. After March, the city's arena committee, chaired by Councillor Davison, basically stopped meeting for the spring. Davison cancelled their April meeting, their May meeting, their June meeting. They did finally meet in July, but spent most of it behind closed doors. And this was while the negotiation was taking place. And then it was announced on July 22nd that all sides had reached a deal. And the gist of it was that the city and the Flames were going to split the cost of the $550 million arena, so $275 million each, although the city is also covering the cost of demolishing the Saddle Dome, which actually pushes it up to $290 million. At the press conference where the arena deal was announced, Mayor Nenshi was asked about the city hoovering up every last available capital dollar to make this work. I think that's actually a fair characterization, but I would add one nuance to it, which is council passed a financing framework for four major capital projects. So it's not this one that's hoovering up all the crumbs. But the idea was, when we looked at all four of those projects, that we were in a very cash-positive position. We made a lot of smart financial choices over the years. It's precisely because we run a lean government that we've been able to be in this position. And we thought that at this point, it makes sense to take that money and put it to work for Calgarians rather than have it sit in a bank account. So when you look across those four projects, it's, it's a fair characterization, hoover up the money in the drawers, but I think it's more important to say hoover it up to put it to work for Calgarians rather than have it sit in you know rainy day funds that get larger and larger. So what changed since March? Councillor Jeremy Farkas asked this question of city CFO Carla Mayo that night. When we engaged the, the four project major capital fund, it was your professional recommendation that to only go ahead with one project given that the BMO Centre expansion has proceeded. What material changes to the city's financial positions have changed your mind to proceed with more than one? Councillor Farkas, when we were um, uh, going through the financial strategy, that was on March 4th. That was the day before we began to talk about the scenarios around shifting from residential to non-residential, around uh, uh, further understanding uh, moving forward what we would be doing uh, with um, the impact, the economic impact around that. We have done a number of things since then. One of the things City Council did in June was to vote for the $60 million in cuts in order to ease the tax burden on small business owners. Uh, since that time you have requested that we reduce our overall operating budget to the benefit of non-residential property taxpayers of $60 million and we're going to go through that exercise tomorrow. There were additional movements to move more um, of the uh, share of tax responsibility through tax room and the overall balancing of the budget. Uh, and there were also one-time payments uh, to shoulder non-residential. So um, over time, uh, different things happen. And so uh, 
we have had a number of different changes in our environment since March 4th. Some city councillors have been trying to portray the arena deal as not affecting other city services at all, almost as if this money could only be spent on the arena. But this is not true. On March 4th, councillors debated whether they should be earmarking money for these big projects or helping small business owners instead. Here's Councillor Farkas at that meeting. It's reckless to overextend ourselves in this way. I think our focus needs to be tax relief for every business rather than a particular business. But council went ahead with all four. They took money from the city's fiscal stability reserve and earmarked it towards those projects, creating a new capital fund. The fiscal stability reserve is a contingency fund that can be used for capital projects, but it can also be used in a pinch for urgent operational situations. But now a bunch of that money was tied up in the four projects. Meanwhile, city council never really sorted out the tax shift situation. And so when small business owners stormed City Hall in June to angrily protest their property taxes, City Council took it out of the operating budget. They took some from their reserves too, but they approved the $60 million to be cut, which meant transit cuts and inner city pool closures. So like the city CFO suggested, that $60 million cut did affect the city's capacity to take on the arena deal. It was $60 million that council didn't have to find elsewhere. Once the arena deal was reached and presented to council and the public, the pressure was on. Councillor Evan Woolley. A number of citizens and stakeholders and city councillors, frankly, have said the one-week turnaround is an incredible amount of pressure on us. Was that time of one week for approval of this transaction, one week to talk to Calgarians, was that on our end? Did we request that or did the Calgary Flames? No, we're certainly conscious of the fact that uh, the next week is council's last meeting. And um, so I, I'm, I frankly think it would be important to capitalize on the momentum that we have in terms of our arrangements. There's a short time frame within which we're hoping to sign definitive agreements if council approves the arrangements. I think it's important when you have momentum to keep moving forward and get agreements signed that fulfill those objectives if council approves it. This was acting city manager Glenda Cole. Councillor Woolley made a motion to delay the vote on the arena deal, to give more time. And here's what Councillor Davison had to say about that. You should know that if this passes, this deal is done tonight, and you will forever be known as the, the council that likely lost the Calgary Flames. Needless to say, it didn't pass. And the following week, on July 30th, the pressure was even more intense. Now keep in mind, City Council had tasked admin with going out to make the arena deal. And so admin came back to city council with that deal. And when they did, they were pushing very hard. Here's Councillor Farkas asking questions of acting city manager, Glenda Cole. Is an extension prohibited by the terms and conditions? There are no terms and conditions that speak to an extension because the expectation of all parties was that council would make a decision today. Is it possible to extend the timeline by mutual agreement? I am not aware of there being any room on the part of any party for further negotiation at this time. If an extension is not prohibited, why are Calgarians being told that a delay would kill the deal? Councillor Farkas, I'm simply going to uh, stick to the truth on this matter. All parties agreed 
that we would bring forward to Council today the deal that the three parties negotiated in good faith and our understanding was that Council would make a decision today. Then if I understand you right, it was our city negotiating team which agreed to no delay. Our city negotiating team participated in good faith in the discussions throughout and our understanding was that Council would make a decision today. Glenda Cole reiterated that the tight timeline was important. It is a good idea to have tight time frames when you have the momentum and goodwill of the parties moving forward together. This was echoed by the city's third party negotiator, Barry Monroe. So from my vantage point as a deal person and to make my living doing deals, deal momentum is critical. Uh, it's not about rushing or being rushed. Uh, but it's about sort of seizing the opportunity when you see there's an opportunity to have agreement. Let's stay with that idea of momentum for a moment. And let's go back to that June Transit Committee meeting where the four businessmen called for a halt on the Green Line. Here's Steve Allen at that meeting. In this environment, the, the costs and the risks of the Green Line, I think, are really heightened uh, and, and, and need to cause us to be extra cautious and conservative as as Jim and Barry have, have indicated. And here's what Brian Faleski had to say about momentum at that meeting. Remember, he's the big conservative donor. All the studies that we've examined, whether they're from McKinsey or whether they're from Oxford and so forth, that there is a danger in momentum of getting people on side, getting bids, getting consultants and so forth that drives you in a direction that may not be healthy. So you see, we have a double standard in this city, and it has to do with powerful interests. Momentum is a good thing if you're talking about publicly subsidizing an NHL arena for a team owned by billionaires. And this is a facility that will primarily benefit the city's upper class. But momentum is a bad thing, apparently, when you're talking about a public transit project that will primarily benefit the city's working class. There are no big, powerful interests to ram that project through. And with the arena, there was. We're going to listen in now to some of the debate that happened on July 30th, the day that Council approved the arena deal. First up, Councillor Jeff Davison. We've done significant and almost unprecedented due diligence on this project. Through engagement conducted by CMLC, thousands of Calgarians have provided their input on the cultural and entertainment district. Renderings have been circulated, and an economic impact assessment was commissioned so we could better understand developing in the Rivers District. Davison also addressed the tight timeline. Make no mistake, whether it be a three-day information period or a 300-day period, the fundamentals of this deal would not change. We had a trusted third-party negotiator achieve an agreement with three independent parties, the Stampede, Calgary Sports and Entertainment Corporation, and the City of Calgary. Now is not the time to amend a signed multi-party agreement. Mayor Nenshi followed by Councillor Giancarlo Carra. I think ultimately this deal meets my criterion of public good for public benefit. And look, I'm not going to be all boosterish about it. I've read a lot of stuff in the media over the last few days that are saying things like, oh, we lost our mojo and the arena is the only way to get it back. The arena will miraculously transform our downtown. We'll become just like Nashville, whose per capita income is almost up to Calgary's after being half of Calgary's for the last few decades. I don't believe in any of that. What I believe is that the deal has to make sense on its merits. And I also believe that there needs to be some valuation of those intangible benefits because there are intangible benefits. So I take a very kind of pointy-headed view on this, which is 
How much is that community spirit, that sense of belonging, that gathering, the ability to attract tourists and others, which cannot be uh, calculated tangibly, how much is that actually worth? I think one of the major intangibles of this project is to make sure that the billions of dollars that have been amassed in fortunes in this city over the generations, rather than decamping, stays. Councillor George Chahal, followed by Councillor Woolley. I feel that this short period of time, and I think um, it's been mentioned from many of my colleagues, was inadequate. Um, we do require more time to do further due diligence to mitigate risk, ensure financial accountability and public confidence. There is no reason to have rushed the deal. I find it to be a bullying tactic and an unnecessary ultimatum. I don't understand what council is so afraid, so afraid of and so unwilling to face the public in even a semblance of a conversation and the most basic of communications. City Council voted 11-4 to approve the arena deal. The councillors who voted against were councillors Chahal, Farrell, Farkas, and Woolley. End of line. Thanks for listening and see you again soon. listening to Sprawlcast. My name is Jeremy Clausus and I'm the founder and editor of The Sprawl and you can find more on this story on our website www.sprawlcalgary.com. You can find our past episodes on the green line and as always there's a full transcript of this episode along with past episodes on the green line. Make sure you're following us on social media particularly Twitter, at Sprawl Calgary. Our C-Train narrator is Holly McConnell. Our theme music is by Dan D. Augustino and Kenny Murdoch. Thanks for listening and see you next time.